This show is brought to you by The Practical Herbalist, simple ways to make natural living a part of your daily life. Check out their website at thepracticalherbalist.com. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Real Herbalism Radio. I'm Patrick. Today's show is on Icelandic herbs. It's an interview that we did with uh, an herbalist in Iceland. It's through Skype, and invariably we end up having an echo during the interview. It's small, subtle, but it's there. Probably bothers me more than anybody else. Show is still very listen- listenable, so we hope you enjoy. Now, on with the show. As herbalists, we often rely on a combination of current research and historical records to understand our medicinal plants. For the most part, we've been free to experiment and gain our own experiential knowledge. Iceland, among others, has passed a lot of legal restrictions limiting herbalists and those who use plants to care for themselves and their loved ones. Today, we're talking with Anna Rosa Robotsdottir, author of Icelandic Herbs and Their Medicinal Uses, about the path of herbal practice amidst the challenges of modern restrictions. I hear your hosts, Candace Hunter and Sue Sierra Lupe. I'm Candace Hunter. And I'm Sue Sierra Lupe. And welcome to Real Herbalism Radio. Anna Rosa, we are so happy to have you here with us today. Thank you so much. I'm happy to be with you. Uh, this is our first international call. You are our first international guest. Oh, I'm thrilled. <laughs> we're very excited because now all the things we've been saying, we can say, oh, well, we're not just making it up anymore. Right, right. Yeah, we're, we're yeah. We get to, get to talk to all these wonderful people from around the world, and you're our first one. That's exciting. We are internationals. Yeah, yes. yeah, but you've you've worked with a lot of people we already know. That was kind of neat. You talked with Howie. Yeah, yeah, sure. yeah. yeah. I've been doing. I've been teaching courses over in the states and Canada and then UK in forms. So I've been. I've become a bit of an international lecturer for the last years. Yeah. yeah. So how often are you in the states? Usually once per year, but it really? depends. Yeah, it depends wow. on. Oh, when are you going to be in the States next? I'm not too sure, actually. Maybe next year, but um, I will be this year, but not to teach, though, just to visit friends. Oh, okay. All right. So one of the things I've been saying, and other people not at our current table have kind of looked at me, I'm nuts, is that in countries other than America, it can be really hard to get information on herbs, and it can be really hard to actually get your hands on certain herbs. Talk about that. <laughs> Tell them I'm not crazy. Well, it's, it's, a, it's a bit of a strange situation here in Iceland. We are a very small country, and uh, I think the flora of herbs is about 500, and out of that, about 85 of them are medicinal herbs. And out of those 85, maybe about 20 um, um, is enough of to actually harvest. Mm-hmm. So out of those 20, you don't have that much um, stock of herbs. Right. Because actually, you can do quite a lot, a hell of a lot actually with those 20, but you always need some specific herbs nevertheless. Because as a herbalist, if you have a clinic, usually, well, that's my experience at least, you get the people who have been ill for a long time, have difficult diseases, very chronic diseases. I don't get the uh, ER stuff like... Um, Colds and flus and things like that. I mm-hmm. get the most difficult cases. I'm sure you you know this too. Yeah. And so you do need quite a lot of good herbs. 
Uh, and so what I have been up against for the last 25 years practicing as a herbalist is to actually utilize those 20, 30 I can easily access and use them in, in any way possible. Mm-hmm. Because the other side of it here in Iceland also is that uh, a lot of herbs are illegal. There is a restriction on what you can import and what you can use, what you can sell in the shops. And we are talking about common herbs like valeriana, yellow dock, astrologers, uh, all sorts of herbs you would never think. Hawthorn, for example. All yeah, sorts hawthorn. Of- that was, that's that's as a herb I take for granted. Yeah, that's well, like... Food. <laughs> it's a weed. It's a weed tree. Yeah, I have herbal life, hawthorn jelly in my cabinet. Yeah. yeah that's, All of those so. are taken for granted somewhere else, but not for me. Definitely right. not. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're talking about a number of herbs that just grow all over here. And in fact, they came to us from Europe. So yeah. here in America, we consider them like yellow dock is a weed here. Yeah. But, no. but the thing is, uh, yellow dock, there were a northern variety of it, the northern dock, actually grows in Iceland, but I'm not allowed to use it. Like Uva Ursi, it grows here as well, but I'm not allowed to use it. So that's a weird situation to be in. You have a you have lots of the lots of the herbs and you can you're not allowed to use it. You're not allowed to put it in your bodies on the market. You're not allowed to use it with your patients. Mm-hmm. Which you're not allowed to call patients anyway. So uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. So yeah, for the know. average Icelandic home homeowner they they don't have those restrictions they can do what they what they like but you as an herbalist can't prescribe it i think the homeowners the average general public is actually not allowed to use it either really (laughs) yeah but i bet you there's a lot of them who are a little bit like me and they'll just do it for their family anyway and not (laughs) quietly not mention it (laughs) a little bit it's genetic Mm -hmm. (laughs) but that's why also why the the book i wrote which i have now which has now been published in the states is actually it's an encyclopedia it includes all the medicinal herbs so you can choose what to make with them yourself basically even though I mean all the illegal herbs are included there as well like Ubausi would you say Ubausi or Berberi I'm not sure which term you would use in, in the States Ubausi or Berberi we, I've, I've heard both and then actually here in Oregon a lot of people are using Kanak Kanak which is the oh, yes. native oh, yeah. term okay. yeah. Yes. yeah now I know what you're talking about right which one's that <laughs> okay what is that yeah. That one grows on the beach, and it's got kind of a waxy leaf, and it's low-growing. It's on You see it on the dunes sometimes, and a little red berry. And they yeah. call it bear berry because bears yeah. like to eat the berries. They come down to the beach and have some berries? Yeah, they go yeah. strolling yeah. around with oh, their yeah. sandals and their umbrella. Uh, yeah. After surfing. After surfing. It's a little picking up. But right. it, it, it grows a little bit out here to wherever the... Mostly yeah. the soil in this area is very clay-like, but wherever you get a kind of a siltier look, then you'll see some knick-knack or uversi, okay. sorry. Um, okay, that's the name grows out here. Yeah. Uversi, okay. Uh-huh. That name. Okay. Yeah. But, yeah, that one, uh, we I don't use that one as much in our clinic. Occasionally we'll get a urinary tract infection, but... Uh, we we're spoiled. Apparently, we have here in America. We have so many things we can use. Mm-hmm. Like totally spoiled. We yeah, are. We are. 
we but really, the, especially in Oregon here. I mean, we even have marijuana that we can use now. Yeah, yeah. That, is, that is definitely illegal here in Iceland. <laughs> yeah, and being an herbalist was illegal. Yes, that's true. Uh, I think it's about fifty. I can't actually remember. About fifteen years ago, it was uh, it was legal again. Uh-huh. It was illegal for for decades, basically. Um, I'm not sure on which ground it was illegal. I think it was just uh, because we were not doctors. We are not allowed to practice in general. Mm-hmm. Right. Whereas, for example, in UK, where I studied for four years, um, then it's uh, like anybody can practice as a herbalist there. Right. Don't have to show any qualification or anything. Uh, but here in Iceland, it's been legal for about 15 years at least. So, I mean, uh, you could say that things are um, things are um, improving in some yeah. ways. Yeah. I mean, yeah. before I was practicing illegally for, for uh, almost 10 years. Ah, and that made With all the birds and practicing illegally, it made it a bit dodgy, let's put it that way. <laughs> they, did, they did leave us alone, and everybody knew we were practicing as long as we didn't kill anyone. Right, and right. That's, that's always frowned yeah, on. That's important. Yeah. Yeah. It's they, don't, they don't let you do that here in America either. <laughs> can you imagine? Oh, can you give me a dime bag of heart seas, Viola? <laughs> passing lemon balm on the street, confessingly. Yeah, they just kind of left you alone. <laughs> yeah. Nowadays, I'm not allowed to say anything. Or I'm not allowed to diagnose or anything like that. And I don't. Right, right. We're not allowed right. to do that here either. Yeah. So it's similar restriction in, in that. Term. But uh-huh. I, I wanted to get back to uh, all the restrictions of the herbs. That we, I think it's okay. a definite upside to it. I think it's a good thing too because you do get to know your herbs extremely well. So those twenty herbs I can easily pick. I know them very, very well, and I've used them for all sorts of things I would not have thought of using them for if I would have had access to fifty other herbs. If you see what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like so. It's what's definitely a good example? Good yeah, it's, well. Um, I've been using herbs which are not generally known to be used, like a variation of gallium cleavers, mm-hmm. the latest mm-hmm. bed straw, which is very common here. And so I just decided it would work equally as well as it's very close to, to cleavers. Mm-hmm. And it works equally as well. I've been using it for 20 years now and in exactly the same way as cleavers. And it, it definitely works like mm-hmm. that. I've seen it again and again. So you discover, basically, you discover new things. One of the ones I saw in your book that I thought was really interesting was Rose Bay Willow Herb. What do you use that one for? Um, Well, you could use it for earache, for example. I don't use it that much because it's not that common. But it's a astringent one, so you would use it in in a tan for tannin, when you need tannin for like diarrhea. It's also used for prostitis, inflammation of the the prostate. That makes sense. I found it really interesting... Part of what I loved about your book was the fact that most of the herbs in there are not the ones that we see in our Western American, anyway, herbals. I mean, we see a lot of things like cleavers shows up in every herbal right. book. Ground syrup, like that one. That yeah. one's all over the place, but using it medicinally? Yeah. Not so much. Yeah, but they just picked them all and said, I'm going to tell you about it. Well, yeah, that's the reason I really wanted to have it as an encyclopedia and include all of them because over the years I've had so many questions about yeah. why you, and like also like a common misunderstanding in the nation what you can use this for because 
there is an old text which said this, but didn't right. say that. <laughs> yeah, we run into yes. that so, so we, often. I needed to correct quite a few things. Yeah, but, yeah. <laughs> I am so glad you did. That was one of the delights of that book that you wrote. Is I look through it and I'd see that herb and think, oh, I know exactly what it's going to say because everybody quotes the same source over and over again and there's no evidence of this and then i read what you wrote and then there's there's facts you know you yeah. <laughs> was so excited and you really did your research holy cow well i did yeah i have to admit i spent a lot of time on that and that's also just because well <laughs> the reason i actually wrote this book is what i needed a good reference book myself that's the main <laughs> reason actually and then that I thought, sense. then I, well, for me it makes sense because there was not there was not a, a book which I thought was good enough for 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 my purposes as a as a herbalist working in a clinic. I needed, yeah. I, I don't have that good memory. I need to just be able to look look at a, a good book about yeah. it. So I, I just need to write it myself. There was no way around it. Well, but and the one that actually covers the herbs you can use, and the ones mm-hmm. that are available. And the ones I'm always getting asked about when I have a course on the herbs is always the same questions. But can't you, because somebody wrote it 300 years ago. And I, <laughs> right. get asked, and I mean, because that's the text which is still available or something. And then yeah. I get asked the same questions all over again. Yeah. And, yeah. So, and then I can actually say, no, it's because of this and that. Mm-hmm. But one thing I did discover, from, for example, remember knotgrass? It's um, polygonium ava. Knotgrass, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. You, you have that one uh, over there? Yes. yes. Oh, gosh, oh, yeah. yes. That's yeah, a driveway but, plant. But yeah. Not, mm-hmm. yeah, but grass is not a herb you can actually buy anywhere anymore. It used to be used in Europe like a long time ago, and I remember vaguely learning about it when I was studying 20, mm-hmm. 25 years ago. But when I started looking at it, there was a hell of a lot of research in Asia, which I had no idea. And mm-hmm. I became fascinated by this common wheat. And started using it with very good results. So that's how you learn. Yeah. It was such a good education for myself to actually write the book mm-hmm. and uh, and discover things like like all this research about knotgrass I didn't have a clue about. And and then I, I mean it's easily available. I just pick it all myself. But still, you cannot buy it anyway. You have to have it yourself. Right. right. So what are you using it for mostly? Um, well. Very persistent diarrhea without explanation. I've had very good results, for example. Heavy mm-hmm. bleeding, fans of bleeding. It's been researched for gingivitis, for example, mm-hmm. with very good results. So just just to name a few things. But it's just like one of those weeds, which you're not supposed to do anything anymore. A bit like self-feel as well. That right, has been yeah. forgotten a bit. They are sort of thought to be gentle, but they're not necessarily gentle. They can actually do help a lot. That's sort of my take on it. <laughs> yeah, like, when you apply it to the disease that it's appropriate to. Yeah. And, yeah, but then again, it also comes to it that I only have those few herbs, and so I just use that herb and hope for the best sometimes. All right. Because it's what I have available. Of course, it's applicable and all that, but it hasn't maybe been used exactly for this disease, if you show them. But and you, you do experiment. You do much more experiment experiments you have few herbs like that now it's time for a real herbalism radio sponsor break hunter creation is a full-service graphic design studio they offer design for print like business cards brochures and large format banners they also offer design for web specializing in self-hosted wordpress sites e-commerce and single splash pages to top it all off they can get just about anything printed for you at amazing prices 
whether or not they do the design work. Visit their site at huntercreation.com for more information. Now, back to the show. So we talked a little earlier, and you had said there was like three herbalists in all of Iceland, and you're one of those three. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So are, are people learning herbs? Are you educating students? Or uh, No, I'm not doing anything like that. I basically don't have the time. Oh. Um, and, uh, all oh. of us have studied abroad for like mm-hmm. four years for degree, mm-hmm. so uh, there is no education available in Iceland, anything similar to that. Uh, there is nobody studying abroad at the moment either, so it's uh, it's uh, a bit worrying what will happen. I mean, we're all getting older. Right, <laughs> right. Yeah. There is nobody 30 years younger actually studying, wow. so I don't know what will happen, basically. Well, maybe we could send you a couple herb students from here. Yeah, you could definitely. That would be an idea. A lot of them get in touch with me, actually. (laughs) They come to Iceland, but uh, no. But I mean, there's three herbalists. But bear in mind that Iceland is only three hundred thirty thousand. The population of Iceland. We are a very Mm -hmm. small nation, so three herbalists is not too bad. Right. Yeah. Thirty thousand. Well, I also know like at. And after World War One, uh, there was a lot of deforestation out there in Iceland. So, uh-huh. Uh-huh. you know, that changes the way people see plants, too. But then what was in the 80s, I guess? Correct me I, if I'm wrong here. They started reforesting. Yes, yes. In the 70s, 80s, 80s, I would say, yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, what we sometimes say is what happened to the forest is that the sheep ate it all. <laughs> oh, that and that is actually sheep. what happened to it. Uh-huh. So, <laughs> so they started controlling that? Um, well, no, they just simply ate it all. There wasn't much left by the oh. time we started thinking about it. And I'm not uh, exaggerating much here. But they did start uh, deforestation um, or putting more trees in again. And it's uh, it has changed. But still, you would say this is a country with very little forest. Mm-hmm. And that, uh, I mean, hence I don't have plants which usually grow in forest. Yeah. It's heather, heather and marshland, and and you can look all over wherever you, sort of the horizon, you can see everything because there's no forest blocking the view, mm-hmm. which is quite sort of a unique view maybe. Uh, but no, you're, you're definitely lacking the, the forest herbs and some mushrooms, but not much. That's so a it's, it's like Nebraska. Nebraska. <laughs> Iceland, the Nebraska of the north. <laughs> Is there like deserts in Nebraska or something? Deserts? 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 Um, no. Well, no. desert of corn. Right. <laughs> I mean, yeah. You just look and you see fields of corn for yeah. as far as the eye can see. There's it's a big sky, lots of corn. When I think of Nebraska, I think of hot, and and that's definitely not similar to Iceland. Right, yeah, your climate's probably more like Virginia, Minnesota. Cold, icy, short summers. Very, very short summers. Yeah. If there is a summer, I mean, three years ago, I think it rained for nearly every single day except for one or two in Reykjavik, for example. It's very variable the way we get here. Hmm. Wow. So do people have green uh, uh, greenhouse gardens, mostly? There's a lot of greenhouse industry here, actually, because uh, it's the only way we can grow quite a lot, like tomatoes and cucumbers, things mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. that you, can only, you cannot grow it outside here. 
Right. And actually, because we have so much thermal uh, heat, uh, which is fairly cheap, then we can have a lot of greenhouses and, and grow things in them, which is excellent. Otherwise, we wouldn't have much more than potatoes. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> well, and kale, stuff but like that. Then we get bland. Carrots, maybe. <laughs> So one of the things that I thought was interesting about your book was that you have a wide range of herbs, things that are often considered tonic or beginner kinds, foods herbs like nettle and dandelion. And then it ranged all the way into the stuff that's toxic. Yeah, marshmallow. <laughs> Meadow buttercup. It's not a herb, but don't take it. <laughs> yes. But, yeah, I included the, the, the buttercup in there because of, I always got questions about it. I had to include it because of that. So uh-huh. people, people yeah, I was wondering why on some of these, why you were including you. Them. But no, actually... Um, I, I did quite a lot of research before I decided what to include, and once I had like three documentation in the older text, I actually included it. Hmm. Makes because sense. Because that yeah. that meant that some some general public could have read it and got information from there, but not anywhere else, and just believe it as something true. Oh, and or give it a try. Right. So yeah. you're to have good information on a toxic mm-hmm. herb and no information at all. Yeah. I appreciated the range. I mean. You've got a wonderful range. Yeah. Whereas most of our herbals are either the really lightweight stuff or yeah. it jumps into the really heavyweights. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. We don't have a lot of middle ground. No. Well, is this book is, well, besides it's written for me and I'm kind of average, <laughs> uh-huh. then it's actually it's written for the general public. Yeah. But also for the ones who want to sort of know a lot more. So I, because it has, I was writing it for myself. So it, I had to be able to do it both ways somehow. And I, I think I managed to do it more or less by including mm-hmm. all the research. And well, what I love about it too is that I included a lot of the uh, historical war as well. Yes. I, it's very relevant in many cases. And it's very similar to modern use in many cases too. Mm-hmm. And it's fun. It's fun text to read as well. Yeah. So I, I like I liked including that, and I also uh, deliberately um, had uh, a whole page of a herb, and the reason for that is to make it easier for people to uh, to be able to identify themselves the herbs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that that's the, it's not just because it's pretty; it's actually you can see the leaves, you can see the flowers easily, yes. and the, then you actually maybe possibly know what you're going to pick if nobody is helping you. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they're great so, photos. So the photos are really good. And you had mentioned also that you're teaching classes on Facebook. Are you? Is it integrated with your book too that you've written? Uh, not really. No, I have been when I have been teaching over in the states in the conferences. I've been teaching about Icelandic herbs and also a specific course on how to be a herbalist on Facebook. And how do you do that? <laughs> yeah. um, I think it's quite hilarious actually I come over to the States from Iceland to teach you about Facebook <laughs> is it just yeah. and now this post is on nettle or how do you do that well the thing is um, I have a, a huge population of fans on Facebook I have over 21,000 people there which is extremely big if you think of 330,000 in Iceland. 10% yeah. of the whole nation is following the Herbalist on Facebook. And the reason for that is that I'm, I'm, I'm educating the public. Uh, I'm telling people, you can do this yourself. 
Uh, it is not that hard to do this. I have lots of products. I'm answering them about that too. Mm -hmm. uh, but by being so active on Facebook, I actually have managed to, I think I've managed to sort of change the view on herbalism in Iceland in the last seven years or so. Mm. My point is kind of like in the States, if this would be done more, if, if the social media, Twitter or Facebook or whatever you're using would be used more, you could raise the awareness of herbalism considerably a lot more than it is at the moment because I've literally seen this happening and this is like a nice little test tube we have here in Iceland. Oh, yeah. yeah, I think that you're right. We could probably do a lot of really good for herbalism. One of the challenges we have because we don't have laws, restrictions, any, you know, you don't even have to have a certificate to practice herbalism here yeah. is that yeah. we have... A lot of people that are selling supplements and calling them herbal or super herbs. Super herbs. Yeah. We have a lot of capitalists, yes, for lack of a better word. <laughs> we have a lot of them too. <laughs> yeah. There's, there's always one sticking out there at least. But they're yeah. the ones that typically give herbalists a bad name. They yeah. The ones that, they that's do. when they have all the problems. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that's, that's the <laughs> big issue. And that would be why ephedra was banned in America, because of, of that reasons. sort of thing. Yeah, somebody was selling it as a, a great thing for athletes because it speeds yeah, up your metabolism. And then the uh, baseball player took way too much and killed himself. So, yeah. I mean, it's horrible that he passed in that manner, but it's it's also irresponsible that it, something that's so great for asthma is now illegal Mm -hmm. Even though asthma is so widespread, sure. because mm -hmm. somebody thought that you know they would be a better baseball player, right? There's a lot of misinformation out there. There yeah. really yeah. is, and we see it when we do herbal news and we try to figure out stuff. We see things that are posted and we just can't believe it. Um, Facebook wise, though, there's a lot of herbal groups on Facebook. I mean, I'm surprised yeah. you have 22,000 because we've been doing it for quite a while, and I think we have 1,200. Mm -hmm. yeah, well, yeah. Well, maybe we should start speaking Icelandic. <laughs> yeah. I think we should go to more of our classes and put oh, this. Definitely. It's got to be a method. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm looking at your, your Facebook page, and it looks like it's not in the language that I know, but you must have an English version of it, too. Uh, no, but you can just do Google Translate on it. Oh, oh right. Technology. Yeah. Huh. I heard that was invented. Come on, science chick. Translation, if you want it, you can translate it under each comment or something like that. It depends uh, on people, actually, okay. if they can do it or not. All right. I, All right. I can do it with the Oh, right. She was okay. using an iPad, so she may not have that option, but on a computer it would be there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. so. Yeah, but I'm not I'm not doing Facebook in English. That would be far too much for me. <laughs> what? You don't want to do two sets of entries? <laughs> so how did you even come up with this idea of doing these classes on Facebook? Well, I just made up that concept and then introduced it to, to um, I think it was the Herbal Symposium, um, symposium class in Boston, I mm -hmm. teach. And they accepted it. They wanted. They, they thought it was interesting and, and uh, people seemed to be happy with it. Yeah. There are not yeah. many herbalists um, teaching anything like that either. And right. Right. Generally, generally, herbalists tend not to be uh, sort of thinking of marketing. 
Yes. I think it's a, I can understand why they don't, but you also have to survive in this yeah. world. Yes. And a lot yes. of people don't continue and stop being helpless because they cannot make a living. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You basically have to learn how to do that. Mm-hmm. And so if you can teach that or help in any way, and Facebook is one of the ways because it's not expensive, even right. though you have to pay for advertisements nowadays. They are very, very cheap compared to any other advertisement because I have uh, experience in that field too, and and I know the difference. And it's by far cheaper if you want to establish your practice or products or something in, in herbs um, to to use Facebook or something similar on social media, whatever works for you. Well, it makes yeah. sense that you're jumping so hard in order to get more exposure since you are so limited. That that you know, a lot of us in America are taking a lot of things for granted that you simply cannot. So I really appreciate that. Just have to have to find a way around things, huh? Right. (laughs) Thank you for being our guest today. I I am so grateful to have a chance to talk to you. And I want to remind the listeners here that uh, Anna Rosa does have a wonderful website, and although it's in it is in English and in Icelandic, and her her book is Icelandic Herbs and Their Medicinal Uses. There is a, one that's in Icelandic, and then the new one here is available in English, and it's put out by North Atlantic Books. And if you show notes on Real Herbalism Radio... For some more information, we have a book review. And if you're interested in buying this book, then please go to our website and use the link that we have there because then we get a small portion from Amazon of the sale. So that helps promote us and and our wonderful guest. And we also have other links and resources that are on realliberalismradio.com. There's recipes and how-tos and Like us on Facebook and follow us on Pinterest and check us out on Twitter. This show is brought to you by Occupy Medical, free integrated healthcare for all, Sundays 12 to 4 in downtown Eugene, Oregon.